Hallelujah. Father, would you bless this time in the Word right now that we may be impacted by your Holy Spirit, not just our intellect and not just our reason, but revelation come forth now too in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Brothers and sisters, we've been on a theme about belonging, and I introduced a message to you last week called the Immersion Commission. We belong to that commission. If you're a follower of Jesus Christ, we belong to the commission He's given us. We belong to the calling for this world. He's got a plan and a way to accomplish it. And I hope you understand that as a believer, you belong to that. You you need to own that. This isn't a voluntary act. When you've come into Christ, you were commissioned by the Lord Jesus Christ to do the work of the Lord. You became a bond servant unto Christ. And so we belong to this commission. And I want to share with you our responsibility of belonging to the kingdom of God. We have a mandate and a commission And it's an immersion commission as I brought to you what the Lord's been speaking into my heart about the Great Commission. That we're to go into all the world and make disciples, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, teaching them to obey all that Christ has commanded. So we understand that we're to infiltrate, go into this world, and we understand we're to disciple people instructing them, not just getting them saved, we must go past that, not just getting them saved, but in fact teaching them to obey the Lordship of Jesus Christ in their lives. And the way he's asking us to do this, and I believe there's a clue here and there's a revelation here when he says, baptizing them in the name of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. We Understand that that means water baptism and immersion, but I believe there's another dimension to this as well. And it is an immersion into the nations of the name or the authority of the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. You see, when you baptize in the name of, that is an authoritative statement. So he's saying, bring the authority of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit into the nations immersing them in my presence. And I believe that's what's going to happen in these last days, a great immersion of the Holy Spirit, an outpouring. Yeah, how many of you have heard that term? As the waters cover the sea, there's an, uh, an immersion coming of the presence of God. You've seen it in revival times. It's a time when God just pours out His Spirit so uniquely that the, the community is immersed in the presence of the Godhead. We, we you see it in the, in the writings of Charles Finney. And in Rome, New York, there's testimonies of people who would literally be riding their buggies across state. And as they entered into the city of Rome, New York, the, they, they entered the borderline. As soon as they crossed it, there was an immersion of the presence of God. They would have to pull their buggy off to the side of the road because they couldn't stop weeping over their sin in the presence of a holy God. It's an immersion. Uh, Stories of when Finney would visit a factory and he'd walk into the factory and the machines would stop and people would stop and they would begin to repent and weep and the man said nothing. It's because there was an immersion, a baptism of the presence of God. 
He'd get on an elevator and didn't have to say anything, and people would begin to, he'd be standing there, and all of a sudden you'd hear whimpering from the people behind him. It just, they couldn't help it, but there was such an immersion. And I'm believing that this great commission is, is this is what God is bringing an immersion into the earth from the people of God. And so I've introduced that to you last week, and if you'll remember last week, I also showed you that through the five-fold ministry, we can begin to, begin to bring the presence of God, the Godhead, Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, into our community, into our nation. This applies to your home, and it applies to your own life, too. And then you can bring it into your home, that, that presence of God, and we started with the apostle, and if you'll remember, an apostle is a culture maker. The word was derived from Greek and Roman background to where when they wanted to expand the kingdom, they would send ships out. Those were called the apostolos. And the admiral on that ship was the apostle. And they would go into other nations and they would inculcate or they would bring the culture of the kingdom they represented into the new kingdom. That's what God expects of us, that the kingdoms of this world would become the kingdoms of our God. And the apostle would begin to inculcate, and the key way he would begin to bring the kingdom to bear in that new territory that they were taking over was through language. And they began to change the language, and when you change the language, you change the culture. And when you begin to speak, you begin to bring the culture of the kingdom of God into the culture of man. And so what I want to look at this morning are names, words, and language to immerse the presence of God into your home, into your own being, and into this community. When you got saved, you became a child of God. You had a new identity. That's what a name does. You were given a new, what? Name written down in glory. You have a new identity. Right? And so that's what I want to show you in the process of this immersion. The immersion principle is this, this baptism is this, that we're going to baptize in the name. Now, who names things? Fathers, all right? In our culture, fathers and mothers. But in the cultures of Scripture, in the cultures of ancient times, fathers named and identified things. What did God tell Adam to do with all the animals? Why would he have them name them? Because Adam's in charge down here. In submission to the Father, but he wanted him to know, you have all authority and dominion on this earth. And how did he have him identify and know that he was a father? Naming the animals. That's an authoritative thing. So names have authority. Names are identifiers. If you change names, what did Babylon do to the Hebrew children they brought in from Israel? What was the first thing they changed? changed their names. In fact, we don't even know the three Hebrew boys' names. We know Meshach, Shadrach, and Abednego. That's their Babylonian names. That's not their Hebrew names. Right? And so you see, names changing are an identifier. And see, we have got to pay attention to the names that are being spoken out here. What are the names of authority in our community? What are the names of authority in your house? What are the names of authority in your in, in your own being. Let me ask you something, parents. Who's naming your children? Hmm? Who's naming your children? 
Are you watching over the names that are being applied to your children? You have the authority to name your children. And I hope you bless your children with the names you have given them. My beloved, my darling, my son, my dear. How are you naming your child? How is the world naming your child? Don't let the world begin to identify who your children are. We have got, we're at war here, brothers and sisters. The devil wants to re-identify your children. Give them a different name. Worthless, stupid, right? Give new identifying factors. No, 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 we can't do this. So names identify. Secondly, words have authority. God so loved the world, he sent his son, the only begotten. In the beginning was the what? Word, and the word was with God, and the word was God, and the word what? Became flesh. The word of God put on flesh, brought the authority of heaven into earth and the word or truth was manifest words have authority what we say represents us so let me ask you if words that are being spoken out over the airwaves and out over our community and out over our vicinity have authority what authority is speaking loudest see the church is mute the enemy has taken away our words i i keep as a pentecostal church i keep harping on this you might get irritated with me on this but i continually try to get you to understand the power of speaking praise you have to speak if you won't speak you're neutered in your authority if you're not blessing god if you're not speaking the words of god it's contained here And something that remains contained begins to spoil. Speak the word. It gives authority. We have been taught... Well, I'll go into that in a minute. All right, the last one is language. Language. What the apostle would do is they would begin to rename things. Right? The Roman Empire comes into, let's say, Africa, and in a small community of Africa, they want to take it over. And so they come in and they change the name of the city could have been an african name now they change it into a roman name what has happened identification has changed now the people have to begin identifying their land as another land now there's pros and cons to this there's good and bad now if if your land was a a land that was corrupt and failing and full of the devil and someone benevolent comes in changes it to the name to goshen and it becomes a glorious land where the enemy cannot hit you and affect you remember israel went down to egypt and the name changed right it had a new identifier no one wanted goshen Egyptians couldn't care less about that, but the, the Israelites wanted it because they, they herded their sheep and so forth. And so that name became synonymous with blessing because when the cursings came, nothing hit Goshen. Right? So it can go either way. So here, they changed the name of the... Then they began to change words. You want to go down to the store, you said it one way in Africa, but now it's changed to a Roman name, a Roman word. Then they changed the language. That means you have to rethink how you speak this happened to you when you got saved you got a new name you were given new words you didn't know what these words meant justified sanctified right i've been justified i've been sanctified i've been filled with the holy spirit i've got a revelation from the word of god i've got prophecy what do these words mean to you before you were saved 
What is all this jumbo, jumbo, mumbo stuff? It's a new vocabulary because you have a new revelation of God. And then last of all, your language began to change. You don't curse anymore. You don't speak profanity anymore. Your language has changed, and that's the power of a changed name and changed words. It brings in a whole new language. Are you seeing this? And that's what Jesus said. Come on, stay with me. I'm going deep. We're about to submerge. We're going deeper. This is what the Immersion Commission is. This is what Jesus said. I want you to bring in a new name, a new word, and a new language. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, immerse it into nations. Bring it into the nations. Change the way they identify things in this fallen world. Change from a spirit of death to a spirit of life. Change the words that you speak of, of death and dying, to now hope, vision, prophecy, uh, uh, um, uh, what is it? Prosperity, blessing, because anything in God begins to grow. And now you have a new language teaching them to obey all that I have commanded. What's the new command? The language of Christ. You see what I'm saying? So this is powerful. This is the process of immersion. And any power, good or evil, that wants to take over an area will start with immersing through name, word, and language. I'll give you some examples of that, but first let me back it up with Scripture. Y'all like when I have Scripture, so let's do that. I told you to go to Revelation 16, verse 13. I want you to see something here. It says in Revelation 16, verse 13, Then I saw three evil spirits that looked like frogs. They came out of the mouth of the dragon, out of the mouth of the beast, and out of the mouth of the false prophet. Can I just see how many of you are paying attention? Where did these spirits come out of? Thank you. What comes out of mouths? Words. Language. God said, let there be light. Words are powerful. Words are vehicles of the one who is issuing them forth. And the recipients hear it. All of earth and the physical realm is made up of these vibrations that we have the authority to emanate and put reason and definition to them. Animals can't do that. This is the image of God. We can begin to speak and we can have meaning and purpose. Well, coming out of the dragon, the beast, and the false prophet are these spirits that look like frogs. They're demons. They're demonic. He goes on to say they are spirits of demons performing miraculous sounds, and they go out to the kings of the whole world to gather them for the battle on the great day of God Almighty. Now, what do they do? They begin spewing out they begin speaking. And what do they do with their words and names and language? They begin gathering the people and the authorities of the earth to rebel against God. That is the spirit of Antichrist, and that is the procedure by which the enemy works. What the enemy does is he doesn't have a new thought at all. Do you know what he's doing here? imitating what the church is supposed to have done. 
For we were to go into all the earth, unto all nations, immersing them in the Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, discipling them and teaching them how to obey the commands of the Lord. And so what the enemy is doing is the same principle, but for evil, he is sending out names, languages, and words that are going to bring the people against God. And I think that we can prove that that's happening in our own culture. Let me identify these nasty things. We know in Scripture that the dragon is whom? Satan. And again, what, what is he called? The father of lies. What are lies? Untruths. They're words. Right? They're lies. Information being spoken. Spoken. Misinformation. Brothers and sisters, you didn't know how uninformed and misinformed you were till you got saved. How many of you know that? We did not know what truth was. The only truth we understood is how we perceived it and what the radio, TV, movies, and culture told me. Do you know how much of that muck and mess is still in us? Father of lies. He was identifying lies. He's birthing lies. This world is trapped under this sewage of lying that the father of lies is spewing out there that's satan now the second one is the antichrist he's called the beast in the book of revelation and the antichrist is an imitation of jesus christ how many of you know that satan is trying to again imitate the trinity and so here he is the father of lies and what he does is he births forth antichrist who will establish his government and his authority to imitate jesus christ the messiah And so the lie becomes flesh. And he is a man of perdition. And so what he does is he begins to present a false front to which everybody loves him because his language is so pleasing, his promises are so amazing that people just say, this guy is worthy of worship. He is awesome. How does he accomplish this? Words and lies. Last of all is the false prophet. Again, an imitation of the Holy Spirit. The false prophet begins to bring forth lying wonders and signs. He's representing the Holy Spirit and the ministry of the spirit of lies and the spirit of Antichrist. And what they begin to do is immerse the culture and the people in these lies and their commission. Their commission is to go into all nations teaching and preaching everyone to obey Antichrist. Do you see this? And so that's the process we're in. Now, could I ask you a question? Is our culture being immersed in the Great Commission or in the sewage of an enemy? You see, there is only one voice on the earth that speaks truth. It is the church. The church is called the pillar of truth in the earth. We are the salt to the earth. We're the only thing preserving this earth from judgment. We are the light of the earth. We're the only thing here that is preserving what is right and true and holy and just. We're the only light there is. But when we stop talking, when we stop shining, when we lose our saltiness, The Spirit comes in like a flood. 
When we don't set up a standard by the Holy Spirit, His standard gets established and He immerses the community. These United States used to be immersed in a presence and a knowledge of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. But we have backed away, we've muted ourselves, we've silenced ourselves, and we have stopped immersing our culture. We've stopped confronting our culture. We've stopped baptizing our culture in the presence of God, and we've relegated ourselves to buildings on the corners of the streets, staying out of everybody else's business. That's sad. They'll tolerate us as long as you stay in your little building on Sunday for an hour and a half. Go ahead, invest in your building. Do what you want to do. Invest in what happens here, but don't don't get out there and do things. We want you out of the public schools. You can't say that. You can't pray that. You can't do that. We don't want you to say your holidays anymore in our community. We don't want you decorating on the streets out in public. See, what's happening is an immersion of sewage that's coming from the enemy. People don't know they're contributing to it. You see, most people don't understand. See, there's a lot of people who will follow the authoritative voice. And if the church is not authoritative, then our, the generations just dumb down to follow it. Can I, can I share with you what I really believe are those three spirits that are coming out? Let, let, me, let me show you even before that how, how, what I mean about this, the new identity and names. Let's take the issue of abortion. How many of you remember when the, when the fight for abortion back in the 70s and this whole contention? And what did the, the pro-choice or used to be the pro-abortion people pro-abortion people, what was the first thing they did? They changed their name, right? From pro-abortion to what? Pro-choice. This is now a choice. And what did they change the, the wording from? This isn't about babies. This is about a mother's rights and choice. And do you see what's happening in the language? We are actually allowing the murder of babies out of women's wombs and we're calling it a good choice to make. You see what's happening here? And, and this is totally anti-God and anti-Christ. Let me, let me bring you into the homosexual agenda. They own the language corporations. How do you identify language corporations? Radio television, movies, entertainment. When you look at those and you see the homosexual agenda, you would think that homosexuality was about 50%, if not more, of the population. Do you know what the population of homosexuals in the United States is? 1.7. But watching and hearing and listening, you would think that they're coming close to being a majority. But what has happened is they have put this out and the culture has adopted it and now the younger generation doesn't understand what is the problem here. Now, what are their main issue that they'll be going after this year is what? It's a name change. It's a word change. The definition of marriage. See, if you redefine marriage, now you're coming against this. Look, at, you've got civil unions. You can live together. You can do whatever you want together. You've got all the rights in the United States protecting you to do that. But that's not good enough. What they want to have is marriage because they want to redefine the language and the names. And in order to do that, they have to come against this. 
Don't be fooled for a minute. This isn't about rights. This is about coming against the kingdom of God. Now, lastly, how about Islam? Changing names, changing identity. Remember what happened after 9-11? The big move and the big push in the airwaves and identifiers is that Islam is a religion of peace. That's the new name. That's the new identifier. Just ask him. That's what Islam means, peace. It does not mean peace. It means submission to Allah. Submission. Islam means submission. Well, that's what we mean, because when you submit to Allah, you'll have peace. It's a little bit of a twist, wouldn't you say? And, and again, it's a control of language and thoughts and identity. Jihad is not you know, destroying other cultures. Jihad is having a war against your flesh. And that's the new identity that's coming to jihad and the name change. Sharia is just our way of having kosher food and kosher this. this it's a name change identity. Sharia is a whole system of government, law, and, and uh, religious order. But again, what happens is a name change and a shift. Now, what I believe is happening as we look at those three spirits. Are you still with me? All right. Stay engaged. I believe there's three spirits, those three frogs that are coming out. And I believe we're beginning to see them already. It's a critical spirit. One of those spirits is a critical spirit. Have you noticed and have you been taken in by this spirit about being critical of everything? We are critical of all authority. We, we criticize, that's our right as Americans. Well, I'm sorry, good for you as an American, but can I should see that there's some respect for the levels of authority? According to the word of God, we're to give honor where honor is due and to show respect even if you don't like the person, you pray for them, you show honor and you show respect because if you do not... What will begin to happen is anarchy and a spirit of anarchy. And how many children have critical spirits towards teachers, towards leaders, towards police, towards government, towards things that keep control in our society? There's a critical spirit against all authority. Critical spirit against values and morality. A critical spirit against one another. Bullying is off the charts. This sense of caring one for another. Well, we don't have to care for one another because there is no God. There is no morality. You're a jerk and I can tell you. And I'd like you to kill yourself and get off my planet. This is the kind of language that's being put out on Facebook and Twitter and talking among themselves as schoolmates. Kids are under a huge critical spirit and they're adopting it. Could I ask you, who's tutoring you? Who's teaching your children? Well, we bring them to church for an hour. But they're immersed out there. Second one. Cursing spirit. Do you remember when there used to be some level of civility as to what was proper to say and what not proper to say? Do you remember when a lady would walk in, certain men would not say anything? Now the ladies are cussing worse than the guys. There's no respect. There's cursing and vile and profane language continually. Uh, it cracks me up, the F word. People use that word like it, every other word. Do you know how stupid that sounds? But it's, it's a spirit of cursing. Cursing, cursing. There is so much cursing going on in the air. And who do you think loves it? The prince in power of the air. 
He wants cursing. Remember, they couldn't say GD on TV. They couldn't curse the name of Jesus. Why is it you can go into any country on this planet and a common curse word is Jesus Christ? Why is it? How come no one says, Ah, Buddha? Because, can I tell you who's behind the, 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 the profusion of curse words and this whole cursing? Words have power, language. And let me ask you this, if we were to rate it, what kingdom has more authority on the earth today? And, and in Jesus' mind, it should never be the devil. He's been defeated. He's been defeated. So why is the devil having authority on our watch in our community? in our home this is your house what are we letting into your house these are your ears you see but what happens is when you're immersed in it there's the difference there's the immersion principle when you get immersed into it you don't you don't sense the change how many of you heard the story of the frog in the in the kettle okay story of the frog in the kettle in case you haven't is uh, when you put a frog in a kettle of lukewarm water he'll be fine to stay in it but if you turn if you put a frog in in boiling hot water he will jump out of there so you put him in lukewarm water and then you just slowly turn up the heat little by little he's not aware that it's boiling and he eventually gets boiled because he does not flee the boiling pot because it incrementally increased. How many of you know that we're in a boiling pot? That our society, our community right now, out in this community, cursing is, is just the, the, the normal thing to do. It's some of the first words. How many of you remember parents wouldn't even curse in front of their kids? Now, none of that matters. You listen to parents with kids? They're telling them they're effing this and they're effing that. They're damning and cursing their own children. Is this crazy? See what's going on here? But Jesus says, you know what? Would, would somebody begin to just turn on the faucets of blessing? Would someone begin to immerse this community and drown out the voice of the enemy? And the last one is controlling, controlling spirits. So these three frog spirits, these three spirits are critical spirit, cursing spirit, controlling spirit. Now that's what I'm putting on them. We don't know that in Scripture, but I, I'm using it as a vehicle to express truth this morning. A controlling spirit. How many of you know that we're under such a control? Huh? There's so much control coming in here now. They're going to tell you how much pop you can drink. They're going to tell you that you have to be vaccinated, and if not, we're going to put you to jail or you lose your job. We're going to tell you what your diet should be. We're going to tell you what you can watch. We're going to tell you what you can say. We're going to tell you who you can hire, who you can't. Is control coming over this thing or what? It's a controlling spirit. Now, that's crazy. That's the immersion principle that has happened in our community. Jesus planted us here and he said, all right, hallelujah, I'm so happy that I have called you out to be my own. I'm excited now because I've filled you with my spirit, so this is what I want you to do. I want you to go out into that muck, that mire, that sewage out there that is rising and growing. He said, I want you to go out there and I want you to begin immersing them in the presence of God. I want you to change the climate of your culture, change the climate of your home. What used to be is over. Now begin to immerse your house, immerse your head, immerse this community in 
the presence of Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Now let's take a look at how to do that. We looked at the enemy. It's easy to see how the enemy does it. Let's look at what Jesus says to do. Number one, Father is truth. He says, I want you to go out in my name. Now there's your authority, isn't it? Therefore, I have all authority in heaven and earth and below the earth. Now therefore, go. I want you to immerse. I want you to begin to identify them. If the devil's the father of lies, who's the father of truth? God. He is all truth. He is pure truth. He speaks the truth. He said, I want you to speak the truth in love. Truth and love. Truth and love. That is a commission to every one of us. That means, brothers and sisters, we have a responsibility when we hear a lie, what are we to speak? Will you? They will. There's four of them right over here that will. <laughs> truth and love. Truth and love. Let that become your new slogan. Truth and love. I'm going to speak the truth and love. I need to speak the truth and love. While someone's spewing out some lies, because lies, you say, excuse me, could I speak the truth and love? Could I speak truth to you? Could I speak? Now, it's not your job to convince them. It's not your job to make sure they understand exactly what you mean. Just begin speaking the truth in love. We need, the church needs to begin speaking truth on the streets. Well, you're entitled to your opinion, I'm entitled to mine. Right, and I'll tell you mine. This is the truth in love. Could I share this with you? This is important. You didn't know this. Do you know that most people under the age of 15 have no idea who Moses is, who Noah is, who Adam and Eve are? They have no clue who these people are. There is no truth out here. We're the stewards of the mysteries of God. We have the truth. Somebody start speaking the truth. Are you proud of your father? Do you want to honor your father? Speak your father's language. Do I want to speak the devil's language? Do I want to not speak at all? Proverbs says that if you see someone steal something and you say nothing, you are part of that theft. So if they're spewing out lies and we say nothing, we're part of the sewage. And I'm not talking about people being the sewage. I'm talking about the words, names, and information. Those are all out there. We must begin speaking the truth in love at all times. We speak truth. That's what we do. Therefore, we will not participate in any form of lying. Hello? I'm going to press this hard. You know how many Christians lie? It's income tax time. You're going to lie? Well, I have a right to, uh, well, uh, uh, it's my money and God says, uh, come on. Really? You have no right to lie about anything. You have a spirit of what in you? Truth. Spirit of truth. Spirit of truth. Nothing of a lie should come out of this thing. We've got to stop it. Immerse yourself in truth. Immerse your identity in Father. You represent Him. You speak for Him. You're Him with skin on because they can't see Him. And so He put in us a spirit of truth. So that's the first thing. We've got to go out there and we've got to begin identifying. We've got to begin telling people. We've got to be putting it out there. The truth, what the truth is, what the truth is. They'll mock us, they'll laugh at us, but someone has got to speak the truth. We want to immerse them. I know this, that where sin abounds grace much more abounds. There's a flood coming, and I want to be a part of that flood of the Holy Spirit. Secondly is the Word becoming flesh. 
Immerse them into the Word becoming flesh. How does the Word become flesh? How do you become like Jesus? You act like Him. You act like Him. You talk like Him. You reach for Him. Oh, but they may not believe like you. They may be part of the homosexual community. They may be Islamic. They may be this or that. That doesn't matter. You love them with the love of God. You show them the love of Jesus Christ. You share truth with them, the truth in love. And you help, you care for everybody, everybody. Jesus died for who? Yeah, everybody. So what are we to do? Who are we to love? Everybody. Doesn't mean you're in agreement with them because you're going to speak the truth in love. Right? But you're going to love. You have to manifest the love. And so immersing this culture, your house, is truth in action is being Jesus. Is, is presenting Christ here. That's why you've got to change your parenting habits from following your dad, your mom and dad. Well, that's how my mom parented. That's how my parents did it. You need to follow Jesus and your heavenly Father. That's your identity. Last of all, truth imparted. That is the prophetic. That is the spirit. That's the immersion. You're going to speak the truth. You're going to walk the truth. And you are going to impart it. And that is spiritually the Holy Spirit. You're going to begin to prophesy the presence of Christ. You see, uh, Revelation 19, uh, some of you know it, right? Revelation 19 says this, verse 10, the testimony of Jesus is the spirit of prophecy. All right, so the presence of Christ, the action of Christ is prophetic. It is the 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 love of God now present with you. It is the Word of God. It is the truth of God. It is a prophetic presence. It's the testimony of Jesus. Jesus is here. Remember I told you last week? He never left the earth. His body ascended to heaven. Don't get me wrong. Don't think I'm a false teacher. His body went up at the right hand of God, but the body of Christ is still on the earth. The same anointing in the book of Acts is here. The same body of Jesus is here. It is a prophetic utterance of His testimony. When you run into me, you run into Jesus. When I run into you, I run into Jesus. You have a word for me. I have a word for you. You see, it's prophetic. It's Christ now in our presence. He's not stuck in a book about Him. He is here in you. When you're at Myers and you're speaking the truth in love and you're helping someone with something and they say, thank you, and the Spirit says, tell them I'm blessing them. You bring the prophetic sense right into their, and they're going, what are you talking about? You say, you know what? The Lord loves you. He's got his eye on you. He's keeping you, and he wants to bless your life. Who are you to talk to me like this? I'm the prophetic presence of Jesus. <laughs> Let him just chew on that for a while. Are we that or are we not that? Are we going to be who we've been identified by God to be do you know how many of us in the church are identified by God as one thing, but we live by the identification that the world has put us in? That's deep. You need to think about that till 3 o'clock. I'm serious. Most of the church identifies who we are and how we should conduct ourselves by how our society will tolerate it. God says, you are my child. I have called you by name. I will never leave you nor forsake you. He said, you'll be in fire, but I'll be there. You'll be in the waters, but I'll never betray you. I'll be there for you. He says, you're my witnesses into all the earth. 
Now go, immerse them. And lo, I am what? With you. Hello. We've been witnessing like he's not with us. We've been evangelizing like he's not with us. We've been evangelizing out of our reasoning, our intellect, our best argument. That's what the prophetic is. The presence of God with you. Doesn't matter how good your argument is. Matters how much spirit of God you're pouring towards people's lives. You're in agreement with me. Then you can see what is going on with the immersion commission. We belong to this. This is our calling. In this, God's doing something with us as a people. How many of you know we're getting immersed into this? He's beginning to saturate us with this. My life's changing. I have a different view when I go out to the store, when I go out into the streets, when I go somewhere. Uh, when I'm walking spiritually, I hear it squish, 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 squish. I'm soaking wet. I'm immersed in the Lord, full of the Spirit. I'm touching people's lives. They get all wet. God gets all over them. This is just not a, it's not a casual encounter anymore. They're encountering the presence of Christ in us. Is anybody excited about this? That's who you are. That's who you are. That's who we are. And this is what's coming to your home soon. And it's what's coming to this community. A church fully immersed in the presence of God going out and beginning to change the culture we live in. That's our commandment. That's the Great Commission. Let's bow our heads. Father, we thank you for this great...